Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Trax Power Sports Rentals. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, we had high hopes that we'd be able to connect uh, via SkyCall satellite phone today to Antarctica, where uh, one of the SkyCall scouts, as we like to call them, is uh, uh, guiding, I think, some skiers and, and some other outdoor activities in Antarctica. But we've just struck out, looks like, uh, for the day. Not going to be able to make that connection, unfortunately. Fingers crossed maybe we can do it before they uh, actually head home on that trip. But our thanks to Russ and and uh, Skycall for making that even possible this morning, uh, taking the satellite phone out and sharing their experiences here on KSL Outdoors Radio. So we're going to take the time here to check in with uh, Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge and Tracks Power Sports and talk about the snow that we have here. You don't need to go to Antarctica anymore to find snow. We've got more than our share right now, Roger. Yeah, you know, I know I'm a consolation prize, but the Uintas look like Antarctica right now. I'll bet it's they do. so cold and so much snow, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, you've been there for 20-plus years. Compare this to what you've had in, I don't know, the last decade, because many of the reports that I'm getting from skiers is that uh, this is probably the best the ski conditions have been for this time of year, in particular for a decade. Yeah, you know, I've been here 26 years, and I do not recall the first week of January ever having this much snow ever and i you know i'm an old man so i forget but i do remember one christmas between christmas and new year's we got quite a bit of snow but then it dried up right after that it wasn't continuous and we have had continuous snowfall now for what two or three weeks i don't know but we have a lot a lot of snow yeah a matter of fact i got an email from snowbird uh, letting me know that seven feet of new snow has come in the last two weeks since I think December 21st to uh, Little Cottonwood Canyon. And they had, uh, we're recording this by the way on Friday morning, so they had uh, overnight another 10 inches fall of both Alta and Snowbird. So just uh, a ton of stuff. Not the kind of uh, conditions you want to be out rescuing people in their side-by-sides, but I saw you were doing a a little bit of that this week. Yeah, you know, we've been out quite a few times lately rescuing people, but we had a side-by-side tip over and roll down the hill. We've had snowmobiles. Because there's been so much snow it, and we haven't had warm weather to set up a base, there is very little base. So when you're riding in five feet of powder, you go all the way down. You're you're tunneling five feet down. So we've had guys hit rocks and stumps five feet down and rip off skis. But, you mm. know, it's part of the job. And uh, it's been a, a bit, 
it's been a fantastic winter, and there is so much snow. Well, and it might be educational to talk about the mistake that the people in the side-by-side made that you uh, lent some help to. It wasn't your machine, as I understand it, but they just got a little cl- too close to the edge. Yeah, they were riding down the groomed roads, but they got real close to the edge, and the edge gave away, and they just rolled down the mountain. So luckily, six people were in it, no one was hurt. And we used toe straps and winches and winched it back up onto the road and got them out of there. But uh, anytime you're outdoors, you just need to be careful. There's, you know, a lot lot can happen, but if you're careful and properly dressed and have the right gear, you're going to have a great time. You're getting too old for this, sir. Yes, sir. But you know what? We've got something fun coming up, and and it's an opportunity for people to get out and learn snowmobiling. We're doing our first ever annual woman's ride or ladies' ride. So if you want to come experience snowmobile, snowmobiling, we are setting you up. So on January 26th, it's a Thursday night. Ladies can arrive. They can stay the night. We have dinner planned. We have the cabins all allocated. And then Friday, Jamie and I are taking them all out snowmobiling. And it doesn't matter the skill level. We'll accommodate you if you've never been or if you're an expert. And if you want to bring your own snowmobile, bring it. If you want to rent one of ours, we're doing an extremely discounted package deal for the dinner, the breakfast, the cabin, the snowmobile. And it's just for ladies. I guess I'll be the one guy out there. Um, maybe I'll be digging them out. I don't know. But you will. But it'll be a fun day. Yeah, you will be out there guiding. Uh, but this just sounds like it would be such a great um what would you call it, a network-building opportunity for women that love to do things in the outdoors and maybe didn't have the gumption to go do it on their own. Here's a great experience. Yes, it's going to be fun. And, you know, Jamie, this was Jamie's idea. She said, look, I want to sponsor a ladies' ride. I said, great, let's do it. So she picked the days, January 26th, that's Thursday night. We're riding on January 27th. Um, come do it. She's, You know, she's going to be there. Her daughters, her grown daughters are going to be there. We've already got about a dozen people signed up, so it's going to be a fun day. Bring your daughter, bring your mother, bring your friend, and come ride with us. It's going to be a great day. And by the way, it sounds like you can go Friday only, or if you want to stay Thursday night, share a bedroom. There are lots of different price points here. Right. So it, I can throw out the price. $150 gets you a shared bedroom. So if you want to bring your daughter, you'll each get your own bed, but you share a bedroom. Uh, no, $150 is for the... I, now, Tim, now I'm really going to get myself in trouble. But I think $150 is just if you want to come Friday for the ride. Right. And that includes breakfast Friday morning, the ride, the snowmobile, everything on Friday. For 250 you get to stay Thursday night, have dinner Thursday night, breakfast Friday morning, and the snowmobiling. And then if you want your own private bedroom and and uh, do the snowmobiling dinner, breakfast, it's 350 So that's a great price. You know, the snowmobiles alone rent for more than that. So yeah. this is a great deal. Yeah, and speaking of those snowmobiles, you're pulling out the big guns, aren't you? Yeah, so they can ride an 850 if they'd like, or they can ride a 600. So it, we're not taking any two-seaters. It's all single-seaters because we're going to get off trail, and we're going to play a little bit. So yeah. it'll be fun, and that includes the gear. So if you need helmets, suits, boots, we've got it all for you, so that don't worry about that. So bring a daughter, bring a friend. It sounds like it's a, a great weekend, and it's coming up soon, yes. the, the 26th and the 27th. What's the best way for them to uh, reach out to you to make sure they don't miss out? Call the office, 801-798-1008. And if you don't remember that number, go to bearriverlodge.com and look up the number. But 
798-1008. We'll get them right to our reservations, and they can help them get it booked. I can't think of a, a better winter than this one to be out there uh, learning how to snowmobile and feeling comfortable with uh, all those other ladies around you. It just sounds like a great time. So go to Bear River Lodge. Uh, help me with the website again. BearRiverLodge.com. Got it. Uh, or Trax Power Sports. You can also check them out. T-R-A-X if you're looking to rent a machine to go out and do just about anything year-round. Roger Eggett, uh, as always. Thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. You too, Tim. Keep warm. I'll try. We'll uh, take a break and come back. Navi's going to rejoin us here. We'll have some fish bites for you coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Fish fry. Yeah. I, uh, what was it? I saw a note last week from uh, Strawberry Bay that uh, the, a little warm blast and uh, all of the rain that was falling in some of the higher elevations caused a mess on the ice uh, up there with a lot of slush. So they had stopped their shuttle service that they offer from the uh, marina store there for a while. But, Navi, I have heard some good stories about some nice fish coming through the ice. Yes, yeah. I mean, we could talk ice fishing, which I did a few weeks back. And and you know how I love it here and and how I don't like it when people complain about the weather and stuff. I mean, it makes me sad because it's the very reason I live here. And, uh, you know, they, they everybody wants to change their latitude, but they just need to change their attitude because the truth is this is fabulous and wonderful. I know fishing is fleeting at this moment. I mean, this is a time to tie flies and sit by the fire and listen to good music. I get that. But what I want you to do is get out. Get that fresh air into your lungs. And by the way, it's fresher air now than it is in the summer. And you've got to get active. And I've always said there's no bad weather, just bad clothing. But what I rarely talk about is specifics, what to wear. So today's fish bites is how to dress. Now, when people take my class, they, you know, they come back and they, they say wonderful things. It makes me feel so humbled by what they say. But one of the things they continue to say is one thing I learned in your class was how to dress. Because there's really no manual. Um, It is a science or an art, Um, so I want to talk real graphically about what you do and how you do it, okay? Because, you know, I ski a lot, and I fish a lot, and the winter months are arguably the best time to do both. How you dress matters, and I see these tourists when I ski at Park City or wherever. They don't know how to dress, and they're cold. Um, But what I also see is that people are too afraid to go fishing for the same reasons. And by the way, you don't dress similarly. It's, It's very different. 
So when I'm going skiing, I have really nice parkas, really nice ski pants, and all the helmet and all that stuff. I don't wear that on the river. And the reason why is because my activity level is different. So, like, wearing a coat to the river is not smart. I wear a raincoat to the river. But the most important part of the whole attire is what you put on first and what you put on top. So I use, like, kind of a, a, a material like Under Armour. I mean, I have this better stuff called Dry Freak, and it, it's just like Under Armour, but it doesn't have a squeeze. If you're going to wear Under Armour, don't get the squeeze type. They, they do the squeeze so you don't get injured. It, it puts the muscles in, in tight places so they don't get as injured as well. That's not what you need. You don't want it tight. You want it more loose. I wear it from my knees to my wrist, okay? And, and that layer has to be non-wettable. One of the biggest mistakes, and without question the biggest mistake people make when they're trying to dress to go fishing is they wear cotton. And cotton is just not part of the arsenal. I know it's warm and it's comfortable, but it will kill you. Because if it gets wet, it's never going to dry, and it'll sap your energy until you're literally dead. So what you want to do is wear that material that doesn't get wet. Okay, and you put that against your skin. Now, I know there's this stuff called smart wool, and I can't even think the new name for it. Not a fan. I know it's expensive, and you get it at REI, and they rave about it. You know, just don't even wear that stuff because it does collect moisture, and it doesn't wick it like they say. Wicking is, is kind of a, a dumb idea. You want to wear something that doesn't get wet. You want it to be always dry against your skin. Now, the next layers are like polar fleece layers. And I say polar fleece because I remember when that Vermont company made this product and they patented it under the name polar fleece, which only lasted 18 years. The patent has been long gone since the 80s, and now everybody uses fleece. It's the greatest thing to fly fishermen because when a hook gets in wool, it's gone forever. Forget it. Your fly's in that wool forever. You can wear that fly for the rest of your life. But not in fleece. It pulls right out. But most importantly, it can't get wet. It only holds 10% of the water. And if you do fall in, you can bang it against a tree and put it back on, and you're fine. Okay, so a couple layers of that. So my torso is the most important part. People say, my hands get cold, my ears get cold. Don't put things on your hands and ears. That's not going to help you. The reason why your hands and ears are cold is because your body is cold, and your body's going to put all the blood in the organs and it's going to not worry about your hands and your ears. That's why they get cold. Hmm. Overheat the torso. Get those organs heavily warmed to the point that it has to expel heat. And how does it expel heat your body? Through your hands and ears. Okay, because they respirate. So the blood goes away, and that's how you cool yourself. So overheat your torso. And I, I put layers on and mostly vests. A lot of people put it on their arms, and that's not good because it's going to cut off circulation. Put extra on your torso, like vests, you know, like your shoulders to the bottom of your belly. And then you want to wear not a scarf, but one of those fleece face warmers that we wear skiing. And that will kind of plug up the hole because all the heat's going to go up. And lastly, is an incredibly good hat. And nobody cares how stupid it looks. Last week we talked about Elmer Fudd. Yes. But I mean that. I want really thick hat. Don't put on like a, a stocking cap and think you're going to be warm. It's going to be more significant than that. And if you overheat your torso, your hands and ears and everything else will be warm. And then lastly, a raincoat. Yeah, I didn't say park. I said raincoat. Because 
you want to keep everything in. And the reason we don't wear a raincoat when we're doing stuff is because it causes you to sweat. Well, when you're fishing below zero, sweat isn't going to be an issue. And it cuts the wind, too, right? Right. Absolutely. It cuts the wind. All right. um, We'll leave it at that, Dr. Navadomskis. He says, warm the organs. Right. He just plays a doctor on the radio sometimes. <laughs> All right, Nally, stand down. We'll uh, take a break. We've got news at the top of the hour. On the other side, we're going to check in with Faith Jolly from the Division of Wildlife Resources and look forward to that conversation in hour number two of KSL Outdoors Radio. Don't go away. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.